Welcome to the Banker Midweek, your weekly look at what the industry is talking about, offering information bankers like you need to know. So here we are at the Banker Midweek. We're on the road again. On the road again. Where are we this week, Anita Hauser, my, my co-pilot again this week? Where are we? We are at EBA Day in Madrid, sunny Madrid. Oh, we love we love sunny places. I think all financial services fintech events should be in places with a pool that is very sunny. <laughs> I've decided. Liz Liz has spoken. So yeah, this is EBA Day. This is the conference for the Eurobankers Association. So this is a conference of bankers talking to other bankers, but also finding their place in this ever-changing fintech world of payments and innovation that we're in right at the moment. So this show is going to talk about what it always talks about and what it has talked about for over a decade, ISO 20022. <laughs> Um, it's going to talk about embedded payments as well. It's going to talk about central bank digital currencies. It's going to talk about AI. Um, so, Anita, you just did a, a roundtable, um, a strategic roundtable to open up the show, and you did a poll about um, what FIs I think are going to like most impact or help them do their jobs in the future. And AI figured really strongly. It was, I think, what, 59% of the audience said yes. What, what do you think? I mean, you think we're just going to see more and more AI, will all be robots in a few years at EBA Day? Well, I think there was a chat GBT effect there, as sort of Mark Recker from Deutsche Bank said, maybe AI is quite hyped right now. Mm. It's sort of taken over from the metaverse, which maybe a few EBA days a few EBA days before, they may have been talking about metaverse being transformational, I'm not sure. But AI, it's, it's a broad term and there's so many different forms of AI. Mm. So I wonder, I think the poll was interesting because blockchain, embedded finance, CBD, very low, very, very low on the polling. So it kind of makes you think, why is everybody talking about CBDCs? Maybe they need a panel on AI here. <laughs> yeah, I, very much. I think we'll definitely see that next year. And again, when you know, when we were in, uh, when I was in Money 2020 two weeks ago, a lot of people were talking about AI, but you didn't see much of it on stage. So I think, yeah, next year when the hype cycle is maybe down, we'll see more AI on stage. Now, I'm an old veteran of EBA Day. This is your first EBA Day. But this is where I was first introduced to everyone's favorite ISO, ISO 2022. Um, I feel like I've been talking about this since 2010, 2009. Um, it is, of course, the ISO that's uh, built uh, the financial messaging standard for SEPA, Single Euro Payments Area. It is now the uh, standard for cross-border payments. Are you happy to still be talking about ISO 2022? Well, I've never been talking about ISO 2022. <laughs> so for me, I'm uh, it's it's all a bit of a new topic. And I guess why it's big here is because it's now crossing over into the area of cross-border payments. But as we heard from JP Morgan on my panel, we're not really there yet. And there is a whole infrastructure that needs to be developed with structured data. But the key thing is adoption, adoption, adoption. And it's not quite there yet. And while sort of the market infrastructures and the banks may be moving forward and the corporates, the, the rate of adoption is not universal, either globally or across the customer base. So I think the hope is that by 2025, they'll start to reap the benefits of ISO 20022 mm -hmm. and cross-border payments. But I think, I remember attending earlier in my Cybos days <laughs> where this was, you know, 
the greatest thing since sliced bread. ISOs. It's the greatest ISO of all ISOs. It's my favorite ISO, as everyone knows. And everybody is saying it's the biggest thing in international payments since SEPA. But at the end of the day, the customer doesn't care about ISO mm. 2022. We have to go out on the street and ask people what you think about ISO 2022. They're like, what? I think we should do a Vox Pop on ISO 2022. <laughs> Although maybe... and and. So I think at the end of the day, banks need to make cross-border payment. Look, they've been talking about this for decades. Mm. It's really now time, whether it's ISO 2022, blockchain, digital currencies, whatever it is, sort out cross-border payments. So moving on to that, I'm doing a panel on the status of European Central Bank digital currencies. And where actually the panel is talking both about wholesale CBDCs and retail CBDCs, which I think maybe that should have been split up a bit. But we've got Quant on the on the on the panel, Deutsche Bank, J.P. Morgan, Nexi. Um, I'm gonna miss the other one, but that's right. We'll put it in. We'll put it in the comments. But kind of outside of that panel, um, something that sort of happened this weekend was the release of Project Roslyn. I almost said Project for Farah Fawcett. For Farrah Fawcett, that Farrah Fawcett, I I wanted the Farrah Fawcett hairdo in the 1970s so bad. You have no idea. This is aging us right at the moment. Those of you know the the late uh, bombshell of the 1970s. She had a very famous poster in a red swimsuit. Anyway, getting on to Project Roslyn. Not Farrah. Not this is looking at retail central bank digital currencies and quant. Um, uh, who's on um, the panel, the CEO of, of Quants on our panel, was uh, a part of this. So this came out of the Bank for International Sel Settlements, and it's really big on what they call a two-tier system. So uh, having the currencies uh, in a central bank, but then working with private um, uh, institutions for, for, for retail payments. And it relies very heavily on, um, on, a on APIs. And a well-designed, the key findings of the reports that a well-designed API layer could um, provide functional retail payments for CBDC. So it really really much depends on simple, easy to access APIs, but I'm sure we'll talk about that soon, later on today, the panel before the drinks. Um, before the drinks, we will talk about all the fun stuff of central bank digital currencies in the world. Can I just say something about that? I mean, I think there's too much focus. Of course, banks need to be, and central banks need to be looking at all the tech underpinning this. And of course, central banks don't see themselves as innovators. They're going to be heavily reliant on third parties to do a lot of the interaction, interacting directly with retail customers. But at the end of the day, I think they really still need to go back to basics and ask themselves the question, do people want a retail CBDC? And what kind of, what problem is it solving? And to me, I'm just not clear mm -hmm. on that. Yeah, I mean, we have, we have digital payments already, you know, if it's to get rid of, yeah. So we'll see what is, what is ultimately the end of the day, it's the usage, it's the customer, whoever the customer is, that's going to determine whether or not it takes off. But I think, unfortunately, in my years of writing about this industry, they have a tendency of, coming up with these sort of solutions without really fully, fully consulting with the end customer. Mm. Everybody talks about being customer first and the customer experience, but I wonder how much they're really thinking about that. It, it seems more like it's a defensive posture mm. against Libra initially, against some of you know the proliferation of payment systems such as Apple Pay and Google Pay. They want something that's European. Going on that line, it's kind of like cryptocurrencies emerged as kind of a reaction against 
centralized control. And it was a reaction against the, uh, the financial crash of 2008, 2009, and this idea that you can have trust in the infrastructure and not in a government, a sovereign third party. So the idea that you would have this cryptocurrency or a digital currency controlled by a central bank is kind of you know, the opposite of, of what the cryptocurrencies are supposed to be. But I think the traditional financial services world embrace of this is stemmed by something that's very interesting. EBA Day started a few years ago, again, I'm an old veteran, with what they call the challenger speaker, right? So this conference is um, very much very bank, you know, people who come in here who work at cash management, who work in clearing, who work in trade finance, very, you know, very important jobs. But they usually, they started getting a, someone to talk about FinTech and talk about innovation. And they had a woman on today, um, and I wish I could remember her name, um, a Swedish woman from the, she's like the youth ambassador for the World Economic Forum. She was perfectly fine. But she gave a talk that I felt could have been said about 10 years ago. We need to innovate. We need to have a network. We need to embrace change. And it's like, I think those are good messages, and I think that should be said. But two things have happened with this industry. One, I think there are a lot of people in the banking industry that have listened to that. You know, there's a way innovation works inside large banks like a JP Morgan or a city that don't work in big startups that you have to realize. But two, there's this need, I think, there's this push to, well, we have to look at these new technologies. So crypto is a thing. Whether or not it's going to be a bigger thing, we'll see. But so a lot of banks are thinking, well, we'd be stupid and we'd be we'd be regressive if we didn't examine if we could use this technology for our advantage. So yeah, so you're saying, why do we need a retail CBDC? But the industry is probably like, if we don't examine this, then we're not innovative, we're not open to change, we're not, we're not part of the new FinTech ecosystem. And so whether or not <laughs> that's the right decision to go to, you say, please talk. <laughs> You spend so many years then hedging your bets in so many different technologies, which is what banks are essentially doing, and they have to do that to an extent. But but then you just end up developing solutions that aren't really customer-focused. I think at some point you need to make a decision and stop hedging your bets on everything and, and focus on a, a solution that you really is going to deliver the sort of customer experience. Mm -hmm. Basically, people just want to know where the you know what that FX rate is uh, is their money going to be taken out of their cross-border payment how long is it going to take to reach the recipient mm -hmm. has the recipient got the payment I mean and this has taken decades <laughs> I mean I'm, I'm baffled to be honest mm -hmm. what is so difficult about this the question for the ages Anita I'm gonna leave it there anyway congratulations on breaking your EVA day cherry <laughs> Your very first. Very good. Anyway, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Banker Midweek, part of the portfolio of podcasts from the editorial team at The Banker, available on thebanker.com and wherever you get your podcast fix. Search on The Banker Podcasts to listen to more.